Welcome to the Heart for God podcast. With many years of experience pastoring and helping to start churches, Dr. Jim Townsley has some practical and biblical advice that can be a great help to you and your ministry. On this podcast, Dr. Townsley and other guests with special expertise cover a variety of topics. His goal is to help you lead your church to be a healthy, strong, and balanced ministry, and for your family to be happy, healthy, and living for the Lord. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I have with me here Brother Ken Brooks. He is the pastor of Calvary Independent Baptist Church in Reading, Connecticut, and that's part of the extensive area of the Gold Coast, pretty uh, exclusive area and very uh, much a money area. Those people are not easy to reach, but he's been faithful. And when did you start the church? Uh, The fall of 1995. So, wow, it's been 30, almost almost 30 30 years years. since they started. That's hard to believe. Wow. And... uh, Whenever a young man comes to me and he seeks advice, what advice would would I give him? I, I try to uh, emphasize three things. Number one, you need to be humble. And if you have all the answers, you're never going to learn, you're never going to grow. We all need help. I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. We, we have to realize we don't know everything, and uh, we ought to be seeking the truth, seeking what's right. Secondly, we need to be biblical. And that means we need to know how to apply the Scripture, what it says and what it teaches, and how to apply it to our lives and ministry. And thirdly, we need to be faithful. And I want to talk about the second one, being biblical. And my concern is there there is a, a fear that young men could easily be led astray, and they wouldn't even realize it. It's sort of a... Pied Piper that comes along and mm-hmm. it's shiny and bright and mm-hmm. looks like this looks like a better way or mm-hmm. easier way. Uh, what are your thoughts about the importance of being biblical for a young man? Uh, it's paramount. That's all we have to go on. And uh, given that Jesus warns about people protesting that they did many wonderful works in his name, but he says they were workers of iniquity and tells them to depart, just gives us a glimpse into how seductive it can be um, and and how tragic to spend a portion of perhaps your entire life uh, doing what you thought was the will of God. You know, it's in in Jesus' name, Jesus mentions there. Uh, But it was not, he never knew them, and they had to depart. So... uh, Here's where, and if I can just shift gears a little bit and refer to my own testimony, I had left home right after high school in Hartford and gone to New Hampshire to live in the woods and find God. <laughs> uh, this was the 60s, and uh, not only was that, I was going to get away from the atom bomb and, uh, you know, back to nature. <laughs> wow. and, yeah, uh, so I tried all the wrong things, and God let me do that until I got to the end of what I hoped it would bring me, and it wasn't the Lord. And then I hadn't, didn't know what to try next. And at that point, through the convergence of three or four different very unique circumstances that only God could have orchestrated, it was as if he tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, uh, I'm back here. 
turn around. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. You're not going to find me the way you're going. But along with that, so I'm living in a cabin in the woods. I get saved. I start going to church. I don't remember ever hearing the gospel before. I was uh, 22, 21, 22. Uh, so I was a, a, a fresh as a, as a newborn babe. I didn't come into a Christian life with any prior uh, baggage. Uh, I'd grown up in the Unitarian denomination, which, of course, completely, wow. yeah, completely um, denies the Bible. Jesus was just a great man. You know, he's a great example of what you and I could be. No power. Uh, the Unitarians completely denied the Trinity and, and anything supernatural about the Bible. So I guess what I'm trying to say is when I got saved, I was a completely mm-hmm. clean slate. And in some ways, I think that was an advantage because I didn't have any preconceived notions. I didn't even know there there was a gospel. I didn't know there were churches wow. that preached the gospel. This was a whole new world, uh, the, the quote-unquote Christian world. And I don't mean Christendom, Protestant, Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, but, but even good, saved, born-again people. So that when I, a year later, got married and went off to college and was thrown into uh, what was then and probably still is called fundamentalism, you know, the broader world of, of saved people and what they're doing for the Lord, uh, that was all new to me. So uh, there, there was perhaps an advantage in not having been exposed to all that because now uh, I could see, well, there's, there's the way things are done, and then, and then there's the Bible. And I, I took to the way things are done. You know, you're young, you're impressionable, sure, um, yeah. and, and you want to do right. And you, But I got pretty starry-eyed, and I, I met young men mm. called to preach and called to the mission field, and I used to scratch my head and say, well, when did they get called? I've never heard God, you know, speak to me. Mm. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it required a lot of sorting things out, and... The one thing I came back to was, well, uh, man can make lots, up lots of inventions, even well-intended, mm-hmm. but the scripture is changeless. I know God wrote it. Uh, so I, I kind of had that in my mind. So with that in mind, though, I even then imbibed uh, a lot of the modeling that I had absorbed while I was in my college years, just looking around at you know, the Lord, the way the Lord's work was done. But when I went back home to my home church, uh, there was a second advantage, and that is this was a guy who came to his doctrinal positions just between him and the Bible. Uh, he'd grown up Plymouth Brethren in New Jersey, and then through studying his Bible became persuaded that, uh, you know, Baptist is, is the best name to have. Uh, okay, he, yeah. Studying his Bible, he came to the conviction mm-hmm. that... Um, the King James Bible was really the only valuable English translation. He came to all these positions in the woods of New Hampshire, him and his Bible. You know, he wasn't under anyone's influence. He wasn't in any circles. He wasn't overawed by any colleges or seminaries. Just, And uh, this was what I was brought back to. So let me say uh, to people who may be pondering this, it, it can involve a little reentry. Uh, it can challenge your thinking. It can involve you uh, letting your maybe dearly held um, ideas be challenged. Well, that scripture should always challenge us. And that's why God says mm-hmm. grow, grow in grace and in the knowledge. 
if, if I am not more biblical five years from now than I am today, I'm not growing. And uh, so sure. good, yeah. good, good men can have found, you know, good ways of doing mm. things that work for them. We're not passing judgment on any of them. We're not to do that. But every man needs to be kind of like Joshua, mm. <laughs> you know, choose you. But as for me, this is what I'm going to do. Well, I, I'm concerned sometimes young men get a hold of something, and it's almost secretive. They begin following someone, reading their material, listening to their podcast, and some guy that has no other verification just has his own following. And it can be very deceiving, and it sounds interesting, and you know you can be led into that. But in the end, it's not really biblical. No. And I do think it's important for us to be, you know, and the Bible says the prophets were subject to the prophets. And if somebody came to me and said, you know, Pastor, I'm thinking maybe Calvinism is something that's really in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens. They don't come to me and ask that question. No. Oh, no. They get involved and they get uh, bit by that bug. Yes. And they never come and check it out. They're... By the time so, the pastor finds out, it's way too late. Yeah. And, and humanly speaking. But I could have challenged them on many, many biblical issues yes. and questions, but they don't do that. And I think that's yeah. a big fear. Yeah. Uh, when I got saved in the 70s, uh, these uh, doctrinal deviations, you might have to sign up for a newsletter or a mimeograph. Some guy's mimeographing uh, in yes, his basement. I you know, know. Yeah. Uh, The internet wasn't invented, and there were no podcasts. But uh, it was still out there, but it was just slower. But biblically, has God placed members in their church body as it pleased him? Well, the Scripture says he has. And if they're in that church body... Uh, are they to uh, obey them that have the rule over you? And are they to esteem them highly in love? And do those in authority in the church have to give an account someday? All of these things, the Bible answers in the affirmative. And it further says uh, to obey so they don't have to give an account with grief. Have you known any grief, brother, <clears throat> as a pastor? <laughs> Seeing young men sure, with, yeah, with great, great promise, great energy. And then, like you say, they get bit. And, and then they go off in a different direction because they can't shake it. And your heart is broken. I know it is because you're a pastor. Uh, and you think there was so much there. If they'd only come to me at a time, I could have countered what they were starting to, you know, given them sure. the antidote. Yes. And it would have made a total difference for the rest of their lifetime. And, and I don't think we're saying that a pastor knows everything and of course is always not. right about no. everything. But why not be challenged by that pastor and evaluate yeah. the thing that's missing of course is discernment mm -hmm. young men need discernment you need to think things through mm -hmm. and i'm not afraid even we have a deacon or trustee meeting someone can challenge uh something that we're trying to do totally I'm i agree for that absolutely i want that you don't want yes men and i can yeah. evaluate what they say and and i think you know what? I think we're still going to do this. We, mm -hmm. I think it's right. Or I mm -hmm. might say, I'm glad you brought that up because there's some things I never considered. Absolutely, that's the humility you were talking about. And and uh, in a young man, and mm -hmm. I appreciate the three points you uh, brought forward when this started. Mm -hmm. uh, don't think you know it all. Uh, time has a way of teaching us. And one of the other words for a pastor is elder. 
takes time to get old enough. And you <laughs> yeah, know, we're there now, aren't we? <laughs> uh, uh, judging from the color of your hair and my lack of it, yes. Uh. <laughs> but uh, there's some things you can't learn except through time. And one of those things is where do things lead? Uh, and the younger mm-hmm. person, and it's not his fault that he was born more recently, but he hasn't had enough time to watch where these deviations will end up, mm-hmm. where they take a man. Uh, and and you as the mm-hmm. elder can bring that, um, and, and a man of humility will embrace it. When I was very young, we attended church. It was a Baptist church, and I believe it preached the gospel. But I was very young. The church went through a split, hmm. and the split was over compromise. The church was an American Baptist church. Mm-hmm. So the pastor that was there at the time tried to lead them out of the convention. He thought everything was, everybody was on board, and ultimately the church split. Mm-hmm. Well, the church went down to nothing, and eventually the church closed. Mm-hmm. I actually drove by the building three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and the building is burned down. Wow. Just a frame that's left. But all of my older youth and teen years, I lived in the world. I wasn't saved. I'd been baptized, but I was never saved mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Never understood the gospel at all. Mm-hmm. Never had it explained to me, at least it. You know, maybe it had been preached, but I never heard it. Yeah. And I, I think of maybe all, if, if that church had remained faithful, would I have wasted all my teen years? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sticks in my mind that I, I don't want to someday be accountable for some children that grow mm-hmm. up in my church mm-hmm. that I was not clear that I was going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And now we've watched two or three generations and what compromise does to those generations. We know the end. So what you just said right. We see the result of it. I know where it leads. Yes. You know, the new progressive movement that is going on now mm-hmm. is going to be a one-generation phenomenon. And the reason I say that is because there is nothing of relevance for the young people that's going to hold them. Hmm. There is no close relationship with God. There's no mm-hmm. revival, mm-hmm. repentance. And there's a lot of fluff, a lot of compromise, mm-hmm. and... I know where it leads. It's the same thing that's gone. It's been repeated. Every generation is repeated again and again. Yep, and every generation thinks it's the latest and greatest new thing. And you ask yourself, why are all these old denominational churches dead? Why is there no one there? Mm. It's the same story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. We've seen it. Yes. And it could be emerging church, the progressive theology, it could be music, Calvinism, uh, Reformed theology. Uh, someone catches it and it's exciting and the pastor under whom they've been placed he's an old fuddy-duddy and <laughs> and and yet sadly he watches them go and his heart breaks because he knows where they're headed he's seen it before yes and i, I that's a, a huge concern of mine because today we need leaders we need young men mm-hmm. for pastoring and the mission field and there aren't enough to replace the ones stepping down, retiring, and yep. passing on to glory. There there are not enough. And our culture has changed. And, you know, we, we're not gearing up to 
uh, deal with the changes. There's fewer young people, fewer people getting married. I mean, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. the public schools are have lower enrollment. The colleges have lower enrollment. So there, there is a great need for young men and women to invest their life in something that is so meaningful that you're concerned about other people trying to reach the lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, one phrase that's come to mind a lot is uh, one of my chief jobs as a pastor is to weld my people to the Bible mm-hmm. because then they'll see I'm to be a follower of Paul as he was of Jesus. And, you know, people that are in the same book end up on the same page. Yes. It, it, it's when they're willing to kind of go after the latest, you know, wind of doctrine. And But it's constantly the devil eroding, you know, eroding people. Well, I appreciate your faithfulness. And, uh, you know, we're going to press on, but we're certainly praying for many young people to yes. stand fast and not be sucked in by some of the trends of the day that lead in the wrong direction. In the end, if I could just add this, uh, it's partly seeking honor from man. But if we seek the honor that comes from God only, we will be all three of the things, I believe, that you mentioned. You know, we will be humble. Good point. And we will be biblical because he's the God who wrote it. And, and then I think we will be faithful because we'll never count ourselves to have arrived. Well, thank you for joining me today. That's been a blessing, and I thank the Lord for your testimony and what you're doing. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, consider sharing it with a friend. You can also follow at Dr. Townsley on Twitter or on Facebook at Jim Townsley.